So I was listening to the Johnson & Johnson earnings call today, and their CEO, Joaquin Duato, he was their chairman of the board and chief executive officer because that's exactly what CEO means up in here. And I was thinking, he reminds me of somebody. See if you can guess before I give it away now. Give it away now. Give it away. That's not Anthony Kiedis, by the way. I hope you didn't get freaked out and think you were just like Anthony Kiedis just popped in here. What are you doing? That goofy AI stuff again. Anyway, so check this out and see if uh, you can figure out who I think that Joaquin Duato sounds like. We're excited about entering a new era for Johnson & Johnson, one built around science, innovation, and technology, and strategically focused on pharmaceutical and medtech while maintaining our position as the world's largest, most diversified healthcare products company with 25 platforms over $1 billion in annual sales. So did you get it? I listened to this thing, and every time he talked, I kept hearing this voice. Ha. Oh, greetings. It is I, the Count. And it's time to answer that fascinating question. What is the Sesame Street number of the day? Ah, ah, three. Three fabulous flyers. Ah, ah, ah. 25 platforms over one billion in annual sales. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> I just... I kept waiting for the lightning strike after Joaquin Duato and the laugh, but he would be perfect for it. Yeah, I kept hearing the count from Sesame Street. I missed the count. Did you listen to the count growing up? I don't know. Did you, If you're in a foreign country, did you have the count? Let me know at russ at dapperdividends.com. I would love to know uh, if you did indeed have Sesame Street wherever it was that you <laughs> grew up. Maybe you lived under a rock. Maybe you had some good reception under there. I don't know. Welcome back. It's another week. We're almost done with the eve of the eve of the wait weekend. <laughs> Sounded a little wascally wabbit. <laughs> we have fun here. We have a few laughs. Sometimes it gets a little crazy. Maybe a few too many laughs, which is why I'm... I, I You know, between you and I, just you and me, yes, you... I haven't read any of my reviews, any of the Apple podcast <laughs> reviews. I'm a little scared too. Maybe one day I will. I'll have a few cervezas and I will uh, read a few of them because I can probably guess, you know, some. I've had some people hit me up on Twitter and say, dude. Well, they didn't say, dude. Some people said, I've listened to a lot of financial podcasts. Never have I heard anything like yours. It's awful. But. I've heard so many wonderful things from a lot of you that say, <laughs> I've listened to a lot of financial podcasts and I've never heard anything like yours. So I'll take that one as a compliment. And for all of those that don't get it, hey, they don't get it. Just means there's more room in the car for those of us that do. What car? I don't know. We're not driving a car. Maybe it's the Tesla Cybertruck, which isn't, I know it's not a dividend stock and I may Finally be going on uh, doing that live, the rain check from the live with Haley Eich. Uh, I think she wants to talk about Tesla and things we're doing with our portfolios. So uh, that Tesla Cybertruck, by the way, there's no uh, specific date for that. So anyways, yeah. And by the way, thank you for all the well wishes. I had, if you aren't in the loop, had quite the uh, insane bang bang experience not in a good way 
where there was a lightning storm. No, it was just a storm, not a lightning storm. It was a storm that blew through town uh, last Friday night. We had a big dead tree. Neighbor's property across from us blew a branch down. Uh, Saturday morning, wife and I were out there. We saw it kind of frustrated because this tree should have been cut down, wanted to anyway move it closer to our neighbor's property. So we're rolling this big branch, flip back, conk my head on the wife, and <laughs> ended up knocking her out uh, in give her a concussion. And she passed out in my arms, bleeding from her head, which I was not expecting because I was like, all right, let's go move this thing because I got to hop on with Haley. And next thing you know, uh, I thought my wife was dead in my arms. And it was just, you know, in all seriousness, and I know I put it in the newsletter, she's getting better. She's on the mend. Brains are a tricky thing we've been finding out. They heal at their own pace. Some people, it's a matter of hours and some people, it's a matter of months. So let's, uh, she's on the up and up though, getting better. And it was just such a stark reminder that, Dude, the unexpected is always lurking around the corner. And if it's possible any day, it's possible today. I think is the Socrates quote. Socrates, 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 however you want to say his name. He doesn't care. Why? He's dead. So maybe he's watching us up there with Zeus. And no, that was the Greeks, right? Who was the Roman? Apollo? Maybe he's up there with Apollo. What was Socrates? I don't even know. I think he was a Rome, Greek, Roman. I should know. Anyways, he lived a long time ago. He still lives, uh, well, not lives, he resides. Anyway, let's, let's not get too philosophical here. But the point was, is that in life and investing, the unexpected is always a possibility. So just try not to be too surprised when the unexpected happens. And when the unexpected does happen, just be like, huh. Well, I never saw that coming and say that's life, you know. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. All righty. Now, anyways, so yeah, Johnson & Johnson, I thought that was interesting and didn't get the definitive date. I think it's going to be around October when they're going to give us the Kenview shares that they IPO'd. So it's a weird, weird thing they did to make it tax-free as I understand it. They IPO'd initial public offering and the way that it goes is insiders in an IPO they can't sell for six months because when the market gets those shares then the insiders could just dump all their shares they could have been in at 10 cents a share and something could IPO for 10 bucks 
and they're going to get a ton of money. So they'll just flood the market with their shares if they want to. So there's called a lockup period. And it's six months from the IPO date. So I think uh, after talking with my good friend Kevin Burgess, check out his YouTube channel, which I will link below. Make a note to myself to remember a link to Kevin's channel. Uh, we think it's going to be about October. The Right around Halloween will be six months from when the Kenview shares IPO'd. But yeah, J&J, they're talking. He, Joaquin, the Count, Count Duato, he, <laughs> he said how they're, it's pharmaceutical and med tech. That's what's going to be. They're going to be the world's largest, most diversified healthcare products company. And that is pretty dang nice. 25 platforms with over a billion dollars in annual sales. And yeah, they were up almost $10 a share today was J&J. They've teased me. They've teased me twice going towards the 140s, but not getting there. It's just not happening. So they uh, their earnings per share of $2.80 beat the street, their guess, by $0.18, cents, and their revenue for the quarter, $25.5 billion, beat by $861.93 million if you needed that extra, what is that, $930,000? I don't know. So what are we going to talk about here in this podcast episode on the Dapper Dividends YouTube channel? By the way, we are coming to you recorded. Well, I'm live with myself, but for you, it's going to be recorded from the Dapper Dividends World Headquarters. Or was it Worldwide Headquarters? I don't know what I uh, struck out on. I don't know what we're saying there. What I decided on. I think it's just the World Headquarters we're at. All about AT&T and Verizon. If you pay attention, they both got annihilated this week had a little bit of a I think it might be a dead cat bounce and I was tempted oh so tempted to add more AT&T but I've been doing some thinking some sleeping on AT&T and I have a lot of information to share with you but before we do that we're gonna get into some news from Simply Safe Dividends and exactly what news that is well i'm so happy you asked we're gonna go back to july the 17th because that was monday maybe anyway so here's some real quick news briefs if you if you're new here and you don't understand it uh simply save dividends is a site and they have their little latest news things i just anyway they give ratings uh stick with it ticker saft they uh, downgraded that safety insurance downgraded from 70 to 60 5.19% yield very interesting they are a safety property and casualty insurance company paychecks ticker payx they were upgraded from 61 safe to 70 safe up around that tier 2.87% dividend yield currently ticker payx had a note verizon what we're going to talk about, we're going to just jam words all together. 80 downgraded to 70, so they're still considered safe, but at the lower range of that safe. Which is funny, because I just told you that Paychex was upgraded to the upper end of that range. So I think 70's in the middle. I think it's 60 to 80. So I guess those are right in the middle. I stand corrected. And I do apologize for you. My sincerest and deepest apologies. If that caused any kind of confusion on your part, you have my 
Apologies. PPG, ticker PPG, the specialty chemicals company, raised their dividend 4.8%, which is their 52nd straight year. I think that stands for Pittsburgh Pittsburgh Pate and Glass. Yes, it's a whole new industry that they're coming to for you with the pate, smashing it in between their unfinished glass, spit out the chunks of glass if you get them. You sign a waiver by buying it. Anyways, uh, <laughs> Pittsburgh Plate and Glass Company raised their dividend 4.8. That's their dividend king, 4.8%. Only a 1.74% yield. And then the bell of the ball, AT&T, was downgraded from 70 to 60. Ooh, borderline safe. That yield, by the way, currently sitting at 7.5%. Earlier in the week, it was 8. We were pushing 8.5%. Just nutty, stupid silly for AT&T. Do you invest in AT&T? It's been a long, strange journey for yours truly investing in good old Atia Why does he say it like that? I don't know. Maybe you get a laugh. Maybe you don't know what I'm going to say half the time because I don't know what I'm going to say. And you know what's funny is I was working two Sundays ago. I was trying to check out a bunch of new dividend podcasts because I listen to things on Stitcher. But Stitcher in August is going away. I don't know why. I've been listening to them for probably about a decade. That's been my podcatching platform. So I'm slowly trying to get comfortable with the Apple Podcasts platform and checking out some new dividend. I just typed in dividend investing and weirdly enough, mine was number two. But uh, yeah, I I listened to, oh, he was an Indian dude. Nice guy. And it was something about uh, dividend investing for teens. But I just thought like, dude, my kids would not listen to this. And it was just too, ah, what's the word, vanilla safe, I guess, where he just said, so what's a dividend? A dividend is a distribution of a company's profits that they'll pay out every 90 days to shareholders of those. And I was just thinking like, yeah, my kids aren't going to sit through this. They, you know, maybe that's going to be my thing in the future. I'm going to interview, I'm going to strap them down and say, tell Papa Come sit here on Peepaw's lap and tell Peepaw. I don't know it's Peepaw. I'm not Peepaw, but all right, you don't care about that. What you do care about is why you clicked on the thing here and thinking like, who is this lunatic and when's he going to get to it? AT&T, they are in a bit of hot water, so to speak. We had some lead cable issues. And if you missed, again, if you've been under that rock you've been living on since, under since you were a baby, itty bitty baby cheering, we haven't talked about the cheerings in a while, but if you were a itty bitty baby cheerings living under a rock and you still live under that rock all these years later and you didn't hear the news, uh, the Wall Street Journal uh, exposed a company. By the way, if it sounds like I'm speaking differently, you have my apologies. I'm. Tr- <laughs> I don't know if I'll ever do that. One of the things I'd like to learn is to be able to read and skim and make it sound like I'm not reading, but I'm not that talented yet. So just sit down, shut up and deal with it. I could hear my wife saying, don't tell your audience to shut up. Anyway, so the Wall Street Journal exposed the company's link to toxic lead sheath cables deployed by their predecessors. If you remember, AT&T was broken up 
uh, in the late 1800s. Well, no, they were broken up, not in the late 1800s. Well, that doesn't make sense. They were AT&T and the American Telephone and Telegraph, and then they were the broken up into the baby bells, of which Verizon is one of those. But anyway, it said that the uh, company has these links to the toxic sheathed lead-sheathed cables deployed by its predecessors in the late 1800s through the 1950s to power the landline phones, those landline phones. So the Wall Street Journal identified over 2,000 lead-clad cables that are spread across the American plains on poles in the ground and under waterways. So they did random testing that showed that the lead levels in the nearby soil uh-oh, and water exceeded EPA safety guidelines, which they say is triggering fears of a 3M-like legal liabilities, uh, like the remediation, the, pr- the forever chemicals, getting it out of the water, doing all that stuff, making, trying to put right what once went wrong so Sam Beckett can go home again. Hey, shout out if you like Quantum Leap and you listen. See what I mean? We'll just go all over the place. You could just throw out a word, any old word, and I could probably go for 10 minutes on it. But... AT&T said that the cables represent less than 10% of their copper footprint of roughly 2 million sheathed miles. I just think of a short, a short is sheathed, Sean Connery's, <laughs> Sean Connery's sheathed sword, say that a hundred times fast, that it would work cooperatively with all the stakeholders, blah, 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 they're going to address it. But we don't know exactly what's going to happen. And there's already estimates that say that the potential remediation for the whole industry could be about $60 billion, and they're thinking that AT&T could be on the hook for about $35 billion. You know, we don't know. These are just estimates. Verizon would be about $8 billion, so a lot smaller, and we'll see. This is just, in my opinion, this is just analysts random-ass guessing what things could be just to get numbers out there and make a headline. So don't dig into that too much. But yeah, it's just one of those things, and it freaked the market out. You know, at and I'm just thinking, I've been on Twitter. I put the, the, this is the lowest their share price has been in about 30 years, and yes, 30 years ago, they had a market cap of, I don't know, 9 billion or 6 billion. And now it's just under a hundred billion, but it's, it's a problem. And it's something you're going to have to keep your eye on if you intend to hold them. Their earnings is July 26th. So I assume that some of the analysts that cover them that are on the call are going to definitely be asking about that. So It's going to be interesting to hear what they have to say, and you're going to want to hear what I have to say, which is what I wish I would have known before investing in AT&T and Verizon. So a little bit of backstory. I first started, well, we could go way, way back. One of the, you know, my grandfather is one of the responsible parties for putting the seed in my head as a kid about dividend investing, and I remember him saying that he had a stock portfolio for us kids, his grandkids, he was throwing little bits of money into. And one of them, like I remember him saying he had Walmart, uh, AT&T, because they paid good dividends. And like, that was it. That was all I heard. And that triggered something in my brain years later. You know the story. I was learning to swing trade. I was down a whole bunch on NEO. 
at which, by the way, I sold Neo at like almost the exact bottom now, and I should have held it for another couple months. Different story for a different day. And I uh, was losing sleep, got tired of it, and I remembered my grandpa talking about AT&T and the dividend. So there I am at <laughs> 3 o'clock in the morning, and I was Googling got the old Google machine fired up and went down a rabbit hole and I'm still going down the, what did I say? Alice meet rabbit hole. And I'm still down the rabbit hole where we are all obviously quite painfully, obviously a little mad here. You give this guy a microphone and just let him talk. So yeah, anyway, I started just blindly buying AT&T because what did I know? They have strong dividends and then everybody liked them for their dividends they always said you don't buy them for the capital appreciation, you buy them for the dividends. And I don't think anything has changed with that, except that AT&T cut the dividend right after they... We'll get into that, but here are the things that I wish I had known before I started buying AT&T and then buying Verizon. But looking very briefly at T-Mobile, this is what, how much digging I did in a T-Mobile. Okay, T-Mobile, T-M-U-S, zero, they don't pay a dividend. Next, <laughs> that was the extent of my research on T-Mobile. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is one of the drawbacks to being a blinders-on dividend investor is to just tune out anything that doesn't pay a dividend. And it's not always it's not always good. You know, I'll just flat out say it. Uh, the whole thing I'm doing is trying to build passive income because I want to receive income without having to sell off shares. But there's a good and a bad to everything. There's no one perfect method. There is a, a silver, I don't know, not a silver lining. I don't know what I'm saying. There is a silver lining in anything. No matter what happens, I mean... It's a little tough, you know, but the worst event you can think of, they say if you look hard enough, you can find something good that will come out of it. So one of the first things I've learned is that a capital intensive industry that's always changing and needing investments to remain remain competitive is a bit of a concern right off the bat. And for sure, the telecom industry is capital intensive. They spend a lot of money and it's crazy because new technology hits, consumer preference shifts, and all of a sudden we've got streaming, we've got video on demand, we've got online gaming, we've got cloud computing, we've got gaming in the cloud, and this is all going to require 5G and fiber upgrades to the networks. And I remember this story. I thought it was good. I was like, oh, look, look at they're doing good. In February, February, I could use a brew. I don't drink until the weekends, but I'm ready for a brew. So February, have you ever noticed that? I say February, February, but you look at it and it's February. So what's up with that? People who raised me, teaching me to speak all wrong. Anyway, in February of 2021, the C-band spectrum auction that dropped from the government 
so C-band, to sum it up in a nutshell, is it, the simplest explanation is it helps 5, 5G work really fast, go further, and it makes the internet on your phone and other devices really quick, and it's supposed to be more reliable. And there was an auction, Verizon bid $45.5 billion. Second place was AT&T, which spent more than $23.4 billion. And T-Mobile bid about over $9 billion to get uh, different spectrums of the spectrum, I guess, like different bandwidths. So Verizon wanted to be the big winner there. But what is that? Dude, that is called very capital intensive in order to try to meet up, meet with customer and consumer demand, what they want. So yeah, it's just, it's a really highly competitive industry. And what I see is these big three, it's like they just beat each other bloody for a consumer's money. And the consumers, you would think, aren't even that loyal. Well, I looked into it. And the last thing I could find on Statista is that the telecom industry has a 78% customer retention rate, which I don't know. That sounds pretty good to me. That's the average. One of the other red flags here is that T-Mobile didn't really, from what I could tell, get involved with this. But the over-diversification, I think the days of these giant conglomerates, which means bolt on whatever you can buy where AT&T they remember they bought Warner Media in 2018 was at 85 billion or 82 billion I think uh, and then DirecTV in 2015 those were really really bad thing well it just they had nothing to do with the telecom industry and then Verizon in 2015 acquired uh, AOL America Online that was insane I was like what you've got mail that's still a thing do you still use America Online? I never did. Uh, I used, I remember Ask Jeeves, dude, I go back. You know the insane thing? I predate the internet. Well, I got to think about that because I think the internet was technically invented in the 70s or maybe even the late 60s. But as we know it, <laughs> you know, as we know the internet in its current iteration, uh, put okay, 1988. Nobody was listening to, or not listening to. I was just thinking, like, I don't know, Warrant and Poison. We were listening to that on the radio, but nobody was using the internet like we use it today, and in the late 90s. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, Yahoo uh, was acquired, and and they've they've now divested out of all of these. So, uh, props to. T-Mobile for not getting involved with that. And here we come to one of the biggest things that is a problem, I think, is that T-Mobile, because they don't pay a dividend, I think it's been a good thing for them. Because when a company's not paying a dividend, they're essentially indicating to the market that, hey, we are focused on growth and expansion. And Warren Buffett always says that a company should not pay dividends unless they can't find a way to, to essentially turn a dollar into more than a dollar, which will boost the shareholders' value, the stockholders' equity. It'll boost the business. Uh, so if they're not able to do that, and not just by saying, hey, we got all this extra cash sitting around, let's just go buy something, like they probably did. But... 
then they, if a company has grown so much and they have all this extra cash, then you should return it to shareholders in the form of a dividend and or share buybacks, which buybacks are a really good thing. It's some people like it. It's a little bit more tax efficient. You get to decide when you want to, uh, take those capital gains because you're going to pay if it's in a taxable you're going to pay income on the dividends but if it is just a you know it's the weirdest thing i just hit me right now i'm on this roll talking to you and i just looked around my room <laughs> i'm sitting in a room by myself i must look insane if i didn't have this microphone here somebody would say like somebody get over there he's just he's having a conversation with himself anyway so yeah, dividends can be a good thing if a company is huge, but I think for T-Mobile, it just not paying that dividend gave them more financial flexibility. I think it allowed them to keep costs down and potentially offer better price plans to attract more customers and gain a greater market share. Um, as I, I don't even know why I did that. You hear that? I put, I just, you know, put my hand to say on my chest like what I did, and I'm thinking, um. Was it Wolf of Wall Street? I don't know that song, and we're gonna not do that anymore. But the the what I want to tell you, dear dividend investing listener, is that we have a T-Mobile military plan. Uh, I am a, a Navy veteran. I'm a military veteran. So hello to all the vets out there from one to another. Navy's the best. Go Navy. We don't even have AT&T or Verizon because T-Mobile had the better plan, the better offer. So we're with T-Mobile, but check this out. Quarter 1, 23 wireless subscription market share. Ready? AT&T has 46%. That's crazy. They have almost 50%. Verizon has 30%. And T-Mobile has a 24% market share. Currently, those are the big three. And... You know, it's it's just something that I don't think that it's ever going to turn off. And I it's an essential thing. I, I swear to God, I think people would forego food before they got rid of the uh, their Internet access, quite honestly. Maybe not food altogether, but you know what I'm saying. So that's kind of what I've learned is that paying a dividend, or I wish I knew, mind you, that... Paying a dividend while a company is in a highly competitive industry and they don't have a strong brand moat. And, you know, it's, I think of the turtle, but the turtle won in the end. But it's more like, I think, running a race with leg weights on while the company not paying the dividend is free to, they have more cash. And, you know, cash is the lifeblood of the business, whether you borrow it or, what is it that Carvana did? Do you know I read that? Something insane that uh, Carvana, talk about desperation. I think they had notes or or something like bonds that had a 8% coupon. What they did is they restructured the deal to say, hey, so those of you that hold our bonds, check this out. You know how you're getting 8%? Well, how about if we don't pay you for two years and then... <laughs> When two years hits, we'll pay that. We'll pay you 13%. I mean, that is just, I don't know. That's abnormal. I don't think healthy companies would do that. Maybe kicking the can down the road. But anyway, kind of a fun thing that um, 
that cat, you know, what did, what did Warren say? Uh, you don't realize that cash is like air. You don't realize how important it is until you don't have it. So yeah, cash is really important. And if you got to spend so much to upgrade the, the network, the infrastructure by 5G, you know, now they're going to have remediation. They're paying the dividend. I think 60% of AT&T's uh, uh, free cash goes toward that dividend. You know, it all catches up with you. And speaking of running a, running a race with leg weights on, check this out. The 10-year total return. So if we were to get in that Sam Beckett time machine and go back to July 22nd, 2013, almost 10 years. Today's the, the 20th, so a couple days off. But this is the numbers. So from July 22nd, 2013 to July 19th, 2023, this is where we're at, people. AT&T has a total return of negative 2%. So if you could go back 10 years to the date and put $1,000 down, plunk $1,000 down on AT&T and all those dividends you got, remember the high-yielding AT&T? And you reinvested those dividends buying more shares, your $1,000 today would be $979. You are, you are down. That is just a whole big giant bucket of yuck. Next up, Verizon. Better if you they have a 10-year total return of eight and a half percent. So one thousand dollars plopped down, plunked into Verizon 10 years ago, today would be worth with remember, we're reinvesting dividends. We're taking the dividends every quarter and buying more shares of Verizon and AT&T. Dividends reinvested into Verizon for 10 years, your $1,000 would be worth a whopping $1,085. Nice. Hey, at least you haven't lost any money. But considering if you had to pay income tax on those dividends, eh, you might be down. And then that gets us to T-Mobile. Good old TMUS, ticker TMUS. If you put... This is what they're, 461%. 461% T-Mobile is up in 10 years, while AT&T is up negative 2%. Dividends reinvested. Verizon, 8.5% dividends reinvested. T-Mobile, we don't pay a dividend. We're up almost 500%. So $1,000 10 years ago put into T-Mobile would now be worth $5,612. That's mind blowing. That's just that almost makes me feel like quitting dividend investing, <laughs> you know. But it no, it it really doesn't. It's just means we're wiser, better, and the whole aim here is what's going to make you a better dividend investor. And this is just something I want you to think about: is just not looking at the yield like I did. I remember thinking these are high yielders. We're going to buy it for the dividends, and we're not going to buy it for the growth. But it's it's gone in reverse. Check that. I mean, listen to that one more time. You got to appreciate this. 10 years, AT&T, $1,000, 979. Verizon, $1,000, T-Mobile, $1,000, It's just, yeah, you can hear it in my voice. It's crazy that that's, that's what it is. But it is what it is. 
And what it is is we is at the end of the show. I don't I don't know. I wanted to rhyme. I so badly wanted to rhyme something for you, and I know that that's not proper English. I was born, bred, and raised in uh, not East LA. Um, okay, fun f- thing. There's a song by a psychobilly band that I love that wasn't around for a long time in the earlier part of this millennium, which is fun to say, called Los Defuntos. They were from Los Angeles, uh, three Mexican Japs, fantastic music. I never got to see them. Uh, they have a song called uh, Born and Raised and Passed Away in East L.A. But I, had, I was just making a play on that. So anyway, there will be a link to that. Uh, if you want to hear some early 2000s California psychobilly in a song that I love, check it out. But by the way, I'm going to check out. I don't know how to end it. I'm going to end it like that and say I love you, I thank you for listening, and you are beautiful people. Why do I, why do I say that? Why do I know that? Well, you're listening to my podcast. You're listening to the You have been listening to the dulcet tones of my voice, and I really do hope you have some big investing wins. Again, you can always hit me up, russ at dapperdividends.com. Shoot me an email. Make sure you sign up for my newsletter below. It's free. It's every... Sunday I put it out, or Saturday if I know I'm going to be busy on Sunday. So every weekend, it'll hit you. And you can always hit me up on Twitter, which i got to get better about going on. At RustyRam78. <laughs> I love I love you. I love you guys. I love you all. I will talk to you in the next episode. So long, everybody.